Hey, Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she has a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. Derek and Doug here talking all things Disney. And Doug, we have a special guest for tonight's show. And I'm really excited about what we're talking about because it's all about Disneyland Paris. I love France. I took AP French. I've been to Paris. But yet on my bucket list is Disneyland Paris. I've never gone, Doug. I know you've never gone. So, Doug, let us introduce our special guest who is who has recently just went to Disneyland Paris. Yeah, so we've never been to Disneyland Paris. So for you guys, we went out and found somebody that has. So I would like to introduce our guest, Debbie Raises. She's a fan of the show. She's joining us today from Central Florida. Well, welcome, Debbie. And so give us a little of your background. What is your Disney story? So my Disney story goes back to 1998. And um, I decided to go down and work for Disney. And I was part of the... Um, crew that opened up the Animal Kingdom. So I worked for Animal Kingdom in um, 1998, in the summer of 1998. And I worked on a ride that's no longer there anymore. Did you get to drive a boat? I did, yes. Awesome. I was on the Discovery Riverboat. Cool. Yeah. And so I worked there over the summer, and um, I happened to meet a guy. And we were, um, he was from Nebraska, and I was from Ohio. And um, we worked there for the summer, we went back home, we finished college, and then we decided that um, neither one of us wanted to live in each other's states. I didn't want to move to Nebraska, he didn't want to move to Ohio. So we picked Florida, and we live just outside of um, like a suburb of Tampa. So we live about an hour and 15 minutes away from the mouse. And so we've been pass holders since we moved down um, in 2001. And then... um, and last couple of years, my husband actually works for Disney now. So I have a, a, a different connection to the mouse than I had before. So you got multiple background experience. So you know Disney pretty well. You're in the parks all the time. Um, and we've had of- the opportunity to go over to Disneyland in California a bunch of times. And we come to Disney World a lot. So, yeah. And um, along with that, you also go to the parks with kids, without kids, both? That's right. Yeah. I have... We have two kids. Um, our oldest just turned 11, and then my youngest is seven, and they're big Disney um, park fans as well. Debbie, that is amazing that you've been to all the parks and so many of them so many times, so it'll be really great to hear uh, how different Disneyland Paris is for those like me, and I know Doug, pretty sure you, who want to someday get over there. So tell us, uh, first, why? Why did you guys choose that? Since you're so close in Central Florida, you think, we're just going to go to Disney World every weekend, but instead you went across the seas. So what what was it that made you uh, go out there? 
A couple things. One, um, before we had kids, my husband and I had done some international traveling, and we knew that we wanted to get back and do some more international traveling, and we were thinking about where we might want to go. And then, honestly, it's a really good opportunity for us to go to Disneyland Paris because he is a cast member. Um, we get tickets that work into the Walt Disney World parks and then Disneyland and then also Disneyland Paris. So we knew we could get in free, and we knew that we get the hotel for half off. And we thought, this is a good time to go. And let's go ahead and get the passports back out and dust them off. And let's take our kids, who we've kind of been grooming for these longer trips that were on your feet a lot, and, um, and try to see a different park. Because if you're a real Disney fan, it's always fun to see the differences between the different parks. Can't wait to hear about those differences, too, as we go along here. So... Uh... What were some of the challenges in planning for Disneyland Paris? Um, I th- a challenge for us was the time zone. So Paris is six hours ahead of us. And I say that because you can't do all the reservations online. So for some of the dining reservations, we needed to call. And so you had to find just that right sweet spot that would work for our time and their time. Um, which was usually in the morning, like, you know, 8 to 10 a.m. to get a hold of somebody. Um, And then I had to, you know, you couldn't, I used different things like Skype to call where it was a little bit cheaper um, instead of calling, like, on the phone. So that was a little bit challenging. We also, um, we had some challenges with rides being refurbished and getting that right time and when we wanted to go so that we wouldn't miss a lot of rides. Because what ended up happening is that um, we went in June, just recently, a couple months ago, but it's the big 25th anniversary of Disneyland Paris. And when we were first looking at going, it was going to be in March, it was going to be spring break time for my kids, but we found that like a ton of the rides were down for refurbishment. They were being sparkled to get ready for the big kickoff. Sparkled. Sparkled. Yes. Yes, they had like they added sparkles to to these rides to get them ready for the big T- celebration. Tinker bells, add, adding pixie dust all over them. Exactly, yeah. So I think that you know the celebration kicked off in like May or so, or maybe early June, and so a lot of the rides were closed that we wanted to do in March, and we thought mm, this isn't probably a good time to go. So um, we pushed it back and decided to go in June when more of the rides would be open. But other than that, I mean. There weren't a lot of challenges in planning. Um, there's there's not as much information out there like there is for Disney World. There's lots of websites, you know, all kinds of you know message boards and stuff like that. But for Disneyland Paris, it's a little bit quieter. I mean, there's, there's not, not about 2005 podcasts devoted yeah, totally right. to that and blogs yeah, and Twitter accounts. Yeah, there's yeah. not. It just you know doesn't have quite the same you know, following like the Disney World parks too. Well, some people might not realize it is pretty big. I mean, it did start yeah. off kind of small, not doing so well back when it was Euro Disney, but after it rebranded, yeah. it has definitely grown quite a bit. So give us a kind of a lay of a land of what Paris was like and how many parks, yeah. resorts. And, I mean, it, it's probably completely different than what most people are thinking. Yeah. Well, first off, there's two parks, so people might not be aware of that. There's the Disneyland Park, which, you know, is is like the Magic Kingdom at Disney World. But there's also the um, studios um, over, so that's the other park. And then they have a section um, called the Disney Village, which is a lot like our old downtown Disney. 
So that has different shops and it has restaurants in it. And then there are six hotels that are Disney hotels and they have one um, campground that you can stay at as well. That's a Disney campground. So it's, it's, it's a good spread. You know, it's not like the world, but if you've been to Disneyland, I would say it's, you know, somewhat comparable like that. So size wise, a little more like Disneyland than world. How about location within the Metro? Like how close to the Eiffel Tower? Am I like taking an Uber to the Eiffel Tower or is that? Do they even have Uber? They do. They do have Uber over there. Yeah. Yeah. We took it once from the Eiffel Tower back to the hotel. (laughs) But so it's actually pretty cool. Um, You're about 45 minutes outside of the city of Paris. So we were actually coming from the city of Paris and we decided to take the um, the RER, the RAR, they say for the French part of it. And you take that into Paris from, or you take that into Disneyland Paris from Paris. And, and that's a train, correct? That is a train, a train. yes. Yep. And it's a nice train. It had multi-levels and everything, but we boarded it with like all our suitcases coming um, into Disneyland. And it's super easy because the train dead ends at your stop right there at the Disney Village at almost the park entrance. Did you make your son carry all the backpacks? <laughs> He had his little suitcase and his little backpack, oh. and yeah. We make our son carry everything, so it's great. That's why we had <laughs> That's it. That's why we have All kids. Right. Sorry to interrupt. Yep. They're little Sherpas. So, yeah, it's super easy. You come off. You can't miss it because the train doesn't go any farther. You can Uber if you want as well. Um, you, you know, you can do that too. We just thought, oh, let's let's be different mm-hmm. and a little yeah. economical and, and try that. And, um, and you're right there. One of the things we had to try to decide was, did we want to stay at Disneyland, Disneyland Paris Hotel, and then commute into Paris? Or was that too much commuting back and forth on the train? Because it is about a 45-minute trip. So it's doable. Like, if you wanted to come in and stay at one of the Disney hotels and take the train in daily to go to Paris, you could do that. But we decided to actually stay in Paris for a few days so that if we were tired or we wanted to drop bags off, we would be really close to our hotel. Let's talk a little bit more about where you stayed. Because if you haven't seen, go online, check out some of the resorts that Disneyland Paris has to offer. Where did you guys end up staying? We decided to stay at the Sequoia Hotel. And that's the one that's kind of like a wilderness lodge kind of feel. And that would be like in the mid-range. It wasn't the the super cheap one and it wasn't the Disneyland hotel, which is the super expensive one. Um, so like our, our room had a Bambi theme to it. It was all kind of, you know, national park feeling and everything. And it was what you could walk to it, you know, from into the park entrance. And, and we liked that. Now we originally weren't going to stay there. We were going to stay at um, the Cheyenne, which was kind of like their value hotel. Um, and then it turned out we switched our days a little bit and then the Cheyenne didn't have availability. So we had to move up to the Sequoia, which I was happy had, about. Had to move up, yeah, right? Right, Ugh. had to. But I was happy because apparently there's only two, um, two of the hotels that have pools and the Sequoia is one of them. That, you know. and, um, yeah, so that was kind of a nice thing to have. And, and coincidentally, when we were there, it was really, really hot. It was like a heat wave. And so the pool was nice. Your kids probably don't swim ever, right? <laughs> right, floor, right. They're not used to the water. So, yeah, yeah we recently, um, I just had a trip coming up in October where we had to change the date by one day. So we had had to change hotels, but it was kind of the other way. We went Polynesian oh. to Pop. Oh, 
Oh, so, that's a big deal. Yeah, a little a bit. One. However, yeah. it's a lot cheaper. So yeah. uh, we're buying lots of snacks on that trip because it'd be like, well, we save money on the resort. Sure. So, yeah. And so, honestly, we were in the hotel so little. I mean, just like you are probably at Disney World. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't in there much. And and so, it, you know, it, I'm sure they're, they're all fun in their own ways, you know. Cool. All right. Well, let's jump into the parks. Uh, did you get to go to both of the parks? I'm assuming? We did. We, we we jumped into both of them. We definitely spent more time at the Disneyland Paris Park than the studios. We were a little disappointed with the studios park. I hate to say that because I really love Disney, but mm, it was is that, that be- great. Is that because of like the number of attractions or the theming or just overall ambiance? Um, yeah, it was a couple things. Um it had an old MGM feel to it from the MGM park at down, you know, down here in Disney world. So they still had catastrophe Canyon, you know, which is now gone. Yeah, um, they have, um, they have rock and roller, they have tower of terror. So there were a couple different repeat stuff that were like, well, I'm not sure we want to, you know, wait for that or do that. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, yeah, it wasn't, as great as we thought that park was, but the Disneyland Paris park, we really enjoyed exploring all those rides and, and doing everything over there. So we spent a lot more time over there. Some people think that, you know, why would I go to Disneyland Paris? It's a magic kingdom. The magic kingdom is the same at Disneyland, Disney world, Paris all over. Uh, but really they're not, they're all kind of unique and yeah, they might all have a castle, but they have different rides, attractions. So let's, let's talk about your magic kingdom and how it was compared to the ones that you've been to both in California and Florida. Yeah, this one was really special. And, um, you know, it starts off with just the fact that your main street is cobblestone and which is a lot like French street. So it's a very French thing to have. So we noticed that right away. And the castle is, is, you know, it looks different. It's also this, it's um, the princess there is, Sleeping Beauty, so it's Sleeping Beauty's castle. But the castle, you know, looks different. It has a dragon underneath. It has a dragon's lair, so it has an audio animatronic dragon that moves around and blows out steam. Um, so that was really cool. But it, there are just little differences. A lot of the rides are the same, but there are um, different variations in all the rides and a couple different, you know, rides you can't find at the, any other park right now. One question my 11-year-old daughter Samantha has about one of the big differences is what is the smoking like in the parks? Is it kind of oh, everywhere or is it to limit things? She's yeah, really bad asthmatic question. and uh, she good. doesn't like universal as much because there's a lot more smoking. Yes. So, no, I didn't notice that much at all. I'm trying to think now if they have the designated smoking area like they do at Disney world, mm-hmm. but I didn't notice it much, but here's what I'll tell you. I noticed it a lot in Paris. Everybody around Paris, yeah, that's Paris. why yeah. I thought to ask that, yeah, yeah. But when we got to Disneyland, uh, that, that that didn't even we didn't notice that much, so they might have designated areas we could probably look it up and see. So, I would those. imagine if you didn't notice it the same as you did out in general public, they must right. control it similar to the United yeah. States. So, that's awesome to know. Mm-hmm. She'll yeah. be happy because yeah. she's watched enough international soccer and they show like shots of the fans. There's always like that guy smoking and cheering. She's wow. like, that doesn't happen in America in a true. football yeah. stadium. Yeah. So, okay. Mm-hmm. 
that was one of my questions, biggest differences. All right, carry on, Derek. Well, I was going to, you know, we can keep going with the differences. And uh, I Good, do like night. hearing, I, keep, I, I like, except for smoking, I want to know more about the Disney differences that you might okay. see in the park, uh, different rides and attractions that there yeah. might be not not just smoking but that is a good question i didn't even think about asking so ah, leave it to the 11 year old asthmatic there you go so <laughs> what, what are some of the biggest differences maybe some culture shock uh the language barrier what are some of the things you notice there yeah i mean a big concern obviously is going to be the language and you know can you navigate the parks um disneyland paris is really great about having both english and french there um you know, we're kind of lucky being that we speak a very universal language in English. So, like, if there was people coming over from Japan, you know, they're going to be speaking English in the Disneyland park because that's kind of that universal language. So, we're lucky in that sense. Um, most of the – all the menus that we looked at for, like, eating and things like that were in English and French in the parks. And the cast members were really good about speaking English to us. They're um, – They've got it down pretty well. They need to be able to speak English um, to work in the parks there. They're really good in their area. Like when you're talking to a, maybe a waitress at, at a restaurant and she can tell you the English words, you know, relating to food and things like that. But if you tried to venture too far off and like have a conversation with her, sometimes it didn't always translate very well, which was hard for my kids because they would try to do that and then they would be on. They wouldn't. They'd be on the wrong topic with the person. So, but they were very good about speaking both um, English and French. In fact, when we would queue up for the lines, um, you know, you, you give your number, right? How many people are in your party? And the cast members flip back and forth so much, like the person in front of me was French and would say, you know, toi, whatever, you know, <laughs> it's how many people in their party. And then it would come to me and I would have to make sure I said three. And they flipped right off to English for me and be like, all right, go to row eight, you know. They went back and forth, which was really impressive to me. I really like, thought that was very impressive. Are some of the shows in both English and French and German, or how do they work that with the shows? Yeah, they're, um, a, a lot of the rides in the shows go back and forth. They put some French in and some English. Um, there were a couple attractions that were all in French that we thought they might be in French. You know, we kind of expected it, but thought, well, maybe they'll be some English, too. And like any attractions they, that are like common here in the states, like pirates or jungle. Yeah, yeah. Well, so um, their haunted mansion there is called the Phantom Manor, and but it's very it, it's very similar in the beginning. They have some different scenes later on, but the beginning's pretty similar. But as soon as we came into the room, um, into the shrinking room, it was all in French, and we're like, oh, okay, here we go. But we knew the basic gist of the ride, so it wasn't it didn't ruin the experience for us. But it was just kind of cool that it was in French. Um, Star Tours was pretty much all in French, you know. <laughs> so, you know, some of the different rides. But then other rides would go back and forth between having some English and some French in it. Now all I'm thinking about is what French James Earl Jones sounds like. That's <laughs> yeah. I may not sleep tonight. To <laughs> Wondering that. about that. I'll tell uh. you, I, I can't. I can't share that because Star Tours. Um, I'm like you, Doug. I can't do the motion stuff. Oh. So. I didn't even try. I was like, have fun. I'll be sitting out here at the bench no. waiting for you. Somebody's got to hold that bench down. <laughs> yeah, right. Could float away. Um, let's see. What are some other differences? The castle. The castle is really different at Disneyland Paris. 
And my kids liked that you could go into the castle because it's often closed at Disney World. You can't walk through it if there's a show going on. But inside the castle, there was the dragon, like I mentioned. And then you could walk upstairs, and they had different scenes from Sleeping Beauty, like in stained glass windows. And it was really pretty. There was a little shop in there. Um, so that was really neat to experience the castle like that. The other difference that we thought was really cool was that when you came into the park and you had Main Street, they had, a, they had two separate sides of Main Street that they called the Liberty Arcade. And these are covered indoors areas that you could walk through. And it was themed like around the turn of the century and had things like the Statue of Liberty and stuff like that, like little, you know, painting of that. And it was another walkway. So you would have Main Street down the middle and then you have your shops, right? And on the other side, the shops on the outside was this Liberty Arcade, this passageway you could go through. And the cast members that we talked to were like, oh, yeah, it's great because if it's rainy or the weather's not great, you don't have to walk down Main Street and get wet. And when we said, hey, well, we don't have that down in Disney World. And she said, um, well, what do you do when it rains? Get Throw wet. A poncho on and you keep yeah. on going. There are experts in that, Doug. Poncho up. Poncho up. Or you get in a really long line for buzz and just deal with it. Hang out. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um. So let's cut to the chase here. So what was your favorite attraction that's only in Paris? Oh, only in Paris? I mean, yeah. you can't pick Rock and Roller Coaster. I mean, it's, I know, here, it's, it's, it's a Disneyland Paris show. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm going to tell you. So I did, we, the, I told the family, you know, after we came back home, like, what was your favorite attraction? And we, we all have different favorites. So mine was the Phantom Manor. And I'm going to say you can only find it at Disneyland Paris because... Yeah. Different name. I mean, it's different, clearly. yeah. But um, it was really, uh, that was my favorite. I really enjoyed it. And I, I like the Haunted Mansion here a lot, so that makes sense. Um, my son, who's seven, loved Hyperspace Mountain. So that got rethemed to uh, Star Wars. So you got C-3PO in there, and it goes yeah. upside down, which Star, you know, no. um, Space Mountain doesn't do here. And so he, we must have ridden that like a couple times every day. He, he really liked that. Um, my daughter's favorite was Big Thunder Mountain because it was um, it was faster. It was it was redone more like what the Disneyland Big Thunder has had the enhancements to it with some extra you know sparkle added to it. Yeah. Sparkle, um, sparkle. Yeah. It's like when I sweat, I just sparkle. You <laughs> sparkle, right? Hold on. All right, my little mouth, my thingy came out. Okay. Um, another ride that we really enjoyed over there, my kids did, was the Indiana Jones ride, because that was different, and that's a roller coaster. It's not Is that the, um, like... Oh, yeah, that's the, the mining one I've seen. Yeah, videos you're like in a mine cart. I heard a rumor that that might be coming to uh, to the States in the next few years. Hmm. Okay. It's the yeah. rumor. The rumor. It's all, it, yeah, it's, it's the one that has the highest height requirement out of like all the Disney parks. Really? And you're so, gonna have to ask me uh, what that Doug, is. Doug and I aren't gonna be able to ride. Nope. We're gonna cut <laughs> off. We're not nearly tall enough, Derek. That's rough. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. But that one that one also goes upside down and I wasn't expecting that. Um, so so a lot of the different like the roller coasters there were a lot more thrilling. Mm. And um, we talked to a cast member about that because you know, the cast members in the shops, when they found out we were from the United States, 
and especially when they found out my husband worked for Disney, you know, they really talked to us a lot. And we said, wow, you know, your rides here are so great. And Space Mountain goes upside down. And, and she said, yeah, she said, Europeans like more thrill. So they had to like I'm, jazz up the rides. A I'm kind bit. of offended by that. Yeah. <laughs> I love, yeah, we have, we have a lot of roller coasters in the States. You, just we, not at Disney World. Just not, yeah, not Disney. Exactly. It's at Universal. Universal. Yeah, right down the road. Right. Well, a big difference that we weren't prepared for when we got there into the park was that the fast pass window is only 30 minutes. Unlike that's, the hour. That's a big difference. That is a big it difference. Was. That's good to know. Yes. Yeah. So we got yeah. our first, you know, paper ticket because they're not what's on a, the magic What's band. a paper ticket again? I don't remember these <laughs> anymore. <laughs> they're yes. in California, Derek. Oh, no, they're not. No, yeah. It's the classic style now, yeah. So you go up, you know, you get your, your, your paper fast pass. And when we looked at it, we thought, oh, my gosh. It's like, a, you know, we only have a 30-minute window, so you have to really be careful about eating or shopping or doing another ride and missing your window. Um, and I'm not sure how strict they were on that window like they've gotten at Disney World, but we did have one situation where we had our Ratatouille, our, um, our Fast Pass for Ratatouille, and then we were eating at the restaurant that's right next to the ride, and we were concerned about getting back in that window, and so we asked our waitress, like, Hey, this is that we've we've got to be back at this time. Is that going to be a problem? And she said, No, as long as you you know you show that you ate here, they'll let you ride on. And we were maybe 15 minutes late for our fast pass. They didn't even they didn't even need proof. One attraction I was really excited to hear that's coming to the states in the next few years is over at Epcot in the France Pavilion, and that is Ratatouille. And I wanted to hear your take. Hopefully, you got a chance to ride that and. What's that's going to be like if, if you feel like it's a good addition to Epcot, if it's a good ride. I've heard good things, but I'd love to hear from you what you think of yeah. this. Yeah, it was that was a really great ride. That was a good reason to go into the studios side of that park. Um, so the technology there is, you know, is very new and how you get in this little mouse car and it's basically it looks like you're not on a track but you get in this little mouse car and you have 3d glasses and you basically shrink down to the size of a mouse and you're um you know in the restaurant and everything now i was a little nervous about this whole 3d and the big screens and the motion sickness um but it was very calm you're not jerking all around in your mouse car the screen's really big but it's it's nice you know easy motion fluid and, and you stay on the ground moving around, and it's um, it's really cool. You really feel like you're immersed into the scene to the point where it's not just screens as you move from room to room, but, like, up above you, they add more props to really make it feel like you're inside, you know, the restaurant at the mouse. Cool. It'll be a Sounds great good. Mm-hmm. Epcot you know, needs a ride. Yes. It needs it a few be a rides. Addition. How was the dining in the parks at Disneyland Paris? You know, it, it was good. It was good. It was different. Um, we did a mixture of sit-down and quick serve. We didn't do a lot of sit-down table service because um, we felt like we needed to be in the park a lot doing the rides, and we didn't want to spend a whole lot of time just sitting. But we did a couple sit-downs um, that were highly recommended by um, other folks who had been to the parks, and one of them was the Bistro Chez Remy which is the restaurant that is right next to the Ratatouille ride. And that was, it was phenomenal. It was great. You're 
you know, you come into the restaurant and you're supposed to shrink down to the size of a mouse is what it's made mm-hmm. to feel like. So you're sitting, you know, uh, with big plates besides you and you're like, you know, the size of a mouse eating there. And they had um, great food and they had ratatouille that came with everybody's meal. Um, I think I actually ended up getting a steak at that meal, um, which was great. <laughs> they had fabulous chocolate mousse and eclairs. Um, and really good service. And then the ride was right there. You could see it go by. And my daughter, who's 11, said, you know, it's kind of like when you're eating um, at the Pinocchio, you know, the Pinocchio mm-hmm. restaurant at Disney World. And Small World is right there. But those really don't match. This matched. It was like, look, you're eating at Remy's restaurant and you're next to Remy's ride. Like, yeah. that makes sense. So it was really cool. The other... Um, place that we had heard that you must eat at was this Buffalo Bills wild show, this Buffalo Bills. And that's in the Disney village and the characters come out and it's, there's horses and you have like American food, you have cornbread and ribs and beans and all this stuff. And um, you root for your cowboy and Annie Oakley's there, all this stuff. Um, so that was a fun atmosphere. It was kind of like, like medieval times if you've done yeah. medieval times, yeah. but Disney version um and so that was really cool to do the food was good the atmosphere was fun the kids had a blast with that you know we're singing like old western like um you know the oh give me a home where the buffalo roam and everything i'm thinking do french people know this but we know it evidently you you go to paris to be transported to uh the wild west of america yes i've heard that you know the french over there they love the whole cowboys and wild west stuff so westerns are still popular there yeah still for sure and then from there we did, um, you know, a lot of the quick serve dining because when we were in the parks, we wanted to be, you know, in and out. And we really, the quick serve restaurants were um, were really great theme wise. There were a lot of different, unique um, themes at each one. Like we, there's a toad hall that's a quick Ooh. serve. Now they don't have the toad ride there, mm-hmm. but they have but they toad got hall. the hall. Yeah, and they had fish and chips. And more fish and more chips. And it was it was pretty much fish and chips. Okay. But they were really great fish and chips. And they had pictures of Toad all in there and Molly and all those, you know, fun guys. And so that was really cool to be in. Um, you know, a lot, there was no shortage of chicken nuggets and french fries for the kids. You could find those types of meals, which works know. for the kids. For my, mm-hmm, for my picky kids that worked. Um and there were uh, there's a good variety of food for the adults and a lot of like healthier side dishes. So you found a lot of yogurts that could be there, a lot of salads. Mm. Um, so not quite as, you know, unhealthy as the Americans. Gotcha. So but, my daughter who described her palate or her her uh, food grouping choices is to her our waiter on the last cruise was I only eat the yellow food group. She would be all right. <laughs> Yes. With, uh, with chicken nuggets, mac and cheese. So, okay. Yes. So, my yeah, my son is like that too. Definitely, you know, mac and cheese. And he ate a lot of pizza. There's a good amount of pizza mm. there. It's a lot of yellow on a pizza too, so. Okay, okay. Yeah, you're so safe with the cheese. It's nice and golden. It's the yellow food group, as you would say. Uh, yellow it. and browns. Yeah. Browns. Well, I'll tell you what we didn't find, though. We did not find a Mickey pretzel. Well, in last week's you, episode, that was no that was longer want to go, song. Derek. Yep, nope, we're out. <laughs> we looked. We thought, oh, we gotta have a pretzel from Disneyland Paris. My gosh, and we do they just them. hate Germany? What is the deal? Germany well, is like right there. 
I think, yeah. I mean, we had a German pretzel mm-hmm. before we came to like, you know, they Disneyland can't compete, Paris. Right? Yeah, it really could. The real couldn't. thing is too close. The real thing yeah. is too but close. The question is, laughed. do they have Dole Whip? Is that a similarity or is that a difference? No. Uh, yeah, there's well, no Dole Doug, Whip there out. either. I don't know what I eat. <laughs> I'd starve. Possibly well, you know what? Starve. Is there lots of crepes? Can I get a crepe? Just about every. Yeah, every there. Yeah, week? there's a good amount. You can, no shortage crepes. Crepes okay. for sure. Yeah, they call them okay. crepes there. But crepes. crepes. You know whatever. What's Mispronunciation really is my thing. So. Is it? Well, yeah. I mean, we barely speak English or French, and so we'll be just fine. Kind of a broken of the two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what was really bizarre is that one of the evenings it was getting kind of late and we were kind of starting to head towards the exit of the park and we thought um man let's get some ice cream you know there's there's a, an ice cream shop on main street just like there is at disney world but it was closed it was like nine o'clock and it was closed and we thought that's really weird because back at disney world there would be lines like going out yeah. the door for the ice cream so um we didn't see as many like snack carts with like your you know frozen goodies and your mickey bars and all that stuff we just didn't see that there i don't know if that's just not a seller um, to the Europeans, so it was a little different in that sense. Mm-hmm. They like it's to sit cool. down a little bit more, a lot less snacking, yeah. enjoy their yeah, have their wine and their baguette. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You get your palate cleanser beforehand with your liqueur. It's very complicated eating in France. So right, was, there, right. was there more alcohol out there? I've heard that. You know, again, when we were in Paris, yes, the smoking and the drinking, we noticed a lot. But I didn't notice it as much, you know, we didn't, I'm trying to think if we even ordered any wine or anything. It might have been on some of the menus, but we didn't order it in the park. So it wasn't, no, there wasn't people there just like, you know, hammered. Not like Epcot Food and Wine Festival. I was just thinking that. Yes, exactly. Well, what other things um, does your family normally do at the Disney parks in America that you're able to do over there or you found you couldn't do over there? Was there anything like that, like pin trading or something like that? Yeah, we actually do pin trading here um, at home, and my kids really get into it, and so we kind of let them trade now. And so we brought our pins over to Disneyland Paris, and um, it was different. We were a little disappointed with that. Um, What we found is there's not a lot of pin traders out, not a lot of cast members who wear pins. Mostly you find those cast members in stores. Um, but what was kind of bizarre is that sometimes the cast members, they wear their own pins. So then when, like, we had one situation where my daughter went up to a cast member at one of the attractions in the studios and said, hey, you know, can we pin trade? And um, she said, well, you know, these pins are not, I'm not trading, but you can look and see if there's ones on this side. And we were like, what? So. Yeah. I guess there's more, you're able to kind of wear your own pins and then you can decide. And, you know, there was even some, she's like, well, if I'm going to trade this pin, then you have to give me one of these pins. Like it doesn't work like that. You're just supposed to take the pin from the kid and move yeah. on. So that's like real pin trading. Yeah. Like wheeling and dealing. That's like, yeah, that's adulthood yeah. pin trading, yeah. not cast member, little kid pin trading there. Mm-mm. Yeah. So we, we kind of kept the lanyards in the backpack. So when we'd see it, we'd pull it out and only once in a while, but it definitely was very different over there. Anything else Disneyland Paris wise before we move yes. on? To... All right. Fire I did away. think of something. I think I thought of something that um, was unique to Disneyland Paris. First off their nighttime show. I think it's called Illumination, if that sounds right. Disney. Um, their nighttime show was phenomenal. 
and it was in front of the castle. And if you've seen the new nighttime show at Disney World, it's that similar thing where they have the projections, but at the Disneyland Paris castle, they have um, water in front of the castle so they can project onto the fan of water like they do at um, Fantasmic, right? Okay. So that was really cool. But when, so we got there, um, first off, it stays late in the summertime, really long in Disneyland Paris. So the show couldn't start until 11 p.m. because the sun was finally setting by about 1045. Wow. And yeah, so we kind of, we didn't queue up uh, uh, really early because we don't like to do that. We kind of don't want to waste a lot of time sitting around trying to get the best spot. So we came in kind of like 1040, found our spot at, at the main hub in the circle in front of the castle. And everybody's just sitting down, kind of waiting for the show. And we thought, all right, this works. And so we sat down. And then when the show started at 11, nobody stood up. Awesome. Everybody sat there and watched the show. And you know, me and my husband were like, really, are we sitting? But it was really great because everybody could I would, see. I would like Yeah, that. that'd be great. I, I wish that would start happening here. Happens of like in Japan. Seven America foot tall guy putting the uh, kid on top of their shoulders and blocking. Derek, exactly. even the five foot five guy putting a kid on top of their shoulders. Yeah, but when yeah. I do that with Looking my at kids, you. It's, uh, there's, they're still below average of everyone else anyway. Yeah, they're just going to yeah. see legs if you don't do that. That's what. That's part of childhood. It's part yeah. of childhood. Look, not missing. You, you missed the fireworks. Sorry, you had to like stare at someone's rear end that whole time. Right, so, right. Part of yeah. Good but that was know. cool. Yeah, it was cool to sit down. And then the show was both in English and in French. Like we got to hear "Let It Go" in French, which was really cool. And um, they had a great mix of songs from like all the good, you know, like from Pirates and from Moana and from Frozen, like all the really, the really good um, movies. It was, it was cool. Fire. It was really awesome. As long as there's fire. <laughs> so uh, what other things did you do in Europe while you're over there before we move on and conclude here? Um, well, we actually started in Germany. We um, flew from Tampa, had the direct flight into um, Frankfurt, Germany. And we flew into Germany and spent a few days there. We were lucky enough to have a friend who um, who lives here close by to us. And she was she's from Germany. She was visiting her family. And so she took us around and spent a few days there. And then we took one of those high-speed trains into Paris and spent a couple days there. We did the Eiffel Tower. We did the Louvre. We did um, Versailles. We did Notre Dame. And then we took um, our last leg was over to Disneyland Paris. And I had to do it like that on purpose because... Time um, change. Yeah, Jet time lag, change. Yeah. Get acclimate, ac you know, acclimated to that. And um, I knew that if I put Disneyland Paris first, I might not leave, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> And I couldn't go back home and face my friends and say, no, I didn't see the Eiffel Tower because we didn't leave Disney property. So I, we left that to the end and um, it worked out great because by the time we got to Disneyland Paris, you know, it would probably been like seven days since we'd left home. And we felt like, oh, we're home. Like it felt mm -hmm. like home to us to be there. So it was a great way to end the trip without feeling like you were homesick or anything. We're like, oh, this is awesome. So altogether, cool. is it worth it for an American, say just, you guys have a lot of Disney blood in you. What about like the average yes. Joe who loves Disney? Uh, is it worth it traveling across the seas to go to Disneyland Paris? I think if you're a Disney fan and you're going to be in the Paris area, I think it's worth going over and at least doing a day or two. You know, we did four. I probably could have used a couple more. <laughs> But maybe the average Joe 
Um, you know, you're so close by and it's, it's a great park. It's got some great attractions. Um, it's definitely worth it. Awesome. Sounds like we need well, to go, Doug. Sounds like we're, we got to plan that trip. So let's move on to our lightning round. Are, are you ready for the lightning round? I'm ready. All right. So uh, for those that are new listeners, whenever we have a guest on for the first time, we like to go through a little lightning round just so all the listeners can get a little background on uh, our guest today. And then we learn. And then it can shed new light on every answer and things she said earlier, too, because some things will make more sense after this. So um, just quick answers. But then sometimes, actually half the time, we may interject and either say yes, oh, no, and laugh. But okay. um, there's no right, no wrong answers. It's all your favorite Disney things. So, favorite Disney character? My favorite Disney character has been Tinkerbell. She's tattooed on my back, so she's special. <laughs> but um, in my older years, I've kind of gravitated towards Minnie. But so, Tinkerbell and okay. Minnie? All right. Yeah, and you have to give two. You just got to verify your answer and tell us why. And okay. Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel, whatever you have to do here. Okay. All right. Favorite Disney movie? Um, I'm going to go with Lilo and Stitch. Mm, good choice. We'll, okay. we'll allow that. All right. Favorite <laughs> Disney resort? Oh, that's easy. Um, I like Port Orleans, Riverside. Oh, uh, Riverside. Like Alligator like Bayou the or the mansions? Um, I like the mansions better. I see. She's living high there, Derek. (laughs) Not down in the servants' quarters. All right. All right. Uh, favorite Disney park? Um, it's Animal Kingdom because that's where I worked and that's where I met my husband. So it's special. Oh, (laughs) at the the laugh, not the laugh track. The uh, The, oh, yeah, the, the yep. All right. Favorite Disney table service restaurant? Um, what's it? The Garden Grill at Epcot, the one that moves slowly as you um, eat, and then the characters come around, and it's over the land, and it's got oh, it's got the best food. It tastes so fresh, it's so good. Um, breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Dinner, I think. Good choice. Yeah. Well, well yeah. also, I haven't, done, I haven't done breakfast there yet. Michelle did breakfast on her in May. She said it was good. She liked it. And she still beat everybody to Soren. So, oh my gosh. yeah, she was wow. like, beat the rope drop, had breakfast, met four characters. She was happy. Um, all right. It's not on the list. Sorry. Favorite counter service restaurant. Oh, favorite counter service restaurant. Carter. This is, that's mean of me. Favorite counter service. Um, I mean, if you love them all, just go park by park. Whatever. I like. Pecos Bill at Magic Kingdom. With the new menu? Or is this an old menu oh. issue? Yeah. I'm surprised they, you didn't go somewhere in Animal Kingdom. No. Well, I was going park Have by park. Counter oh. service at Animal Kingdom, Derek? I know. <laughs> yeah. Actually, now it's good. It's, it's better now. But I was going to say, anything that's not at the studios. I don't like much of the counter service at the studios. It's all outside and hot and, yes. and the ABC commissary, and that's yeah. questionable. Oh, I like my uh, chicken and waffles. Very good. You're the only person that has said that, Derek. Just I have to work for ABC, and I have I thought, to. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah right. okay. Yes, yes, Derek. It is wonderful. <laughs> okay, are we moving on, or do you have yes. anything to that's say? A, that was a hard one, yeah. I know, and I didn't give you a heads up on that one. All right, classic ride. The Haunted Mansion. 
All right, modern ride. Um, I like dinosaur a lot. Okay. Yeah, right. it used to be a little um faster and more, you know, in the beginning days when it first opened, they slowed it down a little bit, but um, mm. it's still still fun. That's from my guest relations survey. <laughs> I was like, could you please make dinosaurs slightly That's more awesome. boring so I do not puke on anyone? All right, I can ride it just fine now. Um, favorite Disney snack? Uh, the Mickey pretzel, for sure. Oh, good it's, choice. Yeah, I mean, it's such Real a good deal. Up. and it feels, It's like a meal in itself. It's, you can't, really? you know. It's a $6 meal. It is. Yeah, it's the cheapest you can find. So that is the lightning round. Congratulations. Ooh, I made it. All right. Derek, Also, awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Definitely gives a lot of insight in Disneyland Paris. Uh, especially all the improvements they've done over the years. It really has turned into a park that I know I want to visit, Doug. I know you want to visit. Maybe maybe yeah. we can convince the wives. I highly doubt it. They'll let us go to Paris together. But I wanted to this summer, but my wife said, nope, Alaska. So it was Europe, Hawaii, or Alaska. And she's like, nope, we're going to Alaska. Sorry. It's, so yeah, I mean, that's nice, too. It was, it was cool. But could yeah. you do a Disney uh, cruise, you know, to, to Paris? And I don't know if uh, you, you can do Mediterranean cruises. And um, to this year, they added a port day in Paris. But a port day in Paris mm-hmm. is not in Paris. You got to get on a bus for like 50, 60 minutes just to get to the outside of the city. And then depending on traffic, it's another however long to get from the suburbs to. So, yes, but no, I would. I would do almost essentially what you did, Debbie. I think that was the perfect thing. You know, a couple different cities, major areas in Europe, and then end at Disneyland Paris. Um, I could see flipping it around to start at Paris so that you eased into the foreignness of a foreign country. That's important for some people. But I like that coming home before you're actually home part. That was a really good yeah. point. Yeah. So. And you, I think if you check into maybe the Adventures by Disney, I wonder if – because I know they've yeah, got they, they some do. through there. Yeah, but – um, we're not all made of money with the venture. I mean, <laughs> I mean Debbie had the best price. Say that, right? she's, this, she's like, Hey, we get it for free. And yeah. I'm like, well, that makes the trip completely Let worth me, it. In case the sponsors actually listens to this show. Adventures by Disney is the best way to see Europe. Book it now. Michelle's <laughs> available to do that. She can, absolutely, she can, she can do that. Adventures by Disney. They have a river cruise, um, that, uh, goes through there too. And it's all beauty and the beast themed. Um, so there's other ways to get there. Um, and you could definitely do your Mediterranean Disney cruise and then before or after go check out Paris. I don't think I would cruise to Paris on a sea ship because let's be honest, the port is not there. Same thing with Rome. Rome is a good hour from the port. They all say they go to Rome, but do they really, do they really get to Rome? (laughs) You get there. you you, You spend three hours on a bus and like two hours going like, out the window over there is that and look out the window there so i think spending a couple days in the city beats the cruising however if you want to book a cruise definitely call my wife please so that i can afford to go do this (laughs) awesome shameless plug there we go well that that also uh hits my plug at the end if you are thinking about disneyland 
or Disneyland Paris or Disney World, do contact Michelle McKnight at MEI Travel. Her information is in the show notes of this podcast. And speaking of Rope Drop Radio, be sure to subscribe for future episodes or go back in time and listen to some of our old ones. Last week we talked about our favorite snacks. So, Debbie, good to hear that you agree with me that Mickey mm-hmm. pretzels I, are the yeah. best snacks. It you know, you mentioned... Best. Going back in time, we got we just talked about dinosaur. Going back in time on our podcast is just about as dangerous as trying to find that dinosaur that you're looking for. <laughs> Be careful. Be careful. Okay. Well, Debbie, thank you so much for being on the show today. And thank you for liking us on Facebook, being a fan that we can invite you on. See, that's what we do with our Facebook fans is we get into <laughs> conversations and we uh, – and we bring them on the show. So be sure to go onto Facebook right now, type in Robe Drop Radio, give us a like, or go onto Twitter and follow us as well. We love talking to you. I know we have a question and answer uh, episode coming up here in the near future. So be sure to let us know all of your questions. And if you do have one about Disneyland Paris, we'd love to uh, answer that for you. And we'll also, you know, bring in Debbie along and send her, her questions her way and she can help us as well. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you so much. So that's about all the time that we have for Doug McKnight. I'm Derek Sassman. You've been listening to Rope Drop Radio.